the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know what blood money is? Blood money is money paid to get someone else killed. By their own admission, the chief priests acknowledge that it's blood money. That they paid Judas blood money to kill Jesus. This is incredible. I mean, it's like we've got it on tape. Them confessing that they conspired to murder Jesus Christ and they paid money to have him betrayed. And these are the leaders of the nation. Everyone loves a good murder mystery or a televised court case. The drama and the evidence as it is presented cause an emotional tug of war as the case is built by the prosecution and then dismantled by the defense. That is until that one piece of evidence is presented that no one could possibly deny. Today, Pastor Dan presents this final piece of compelling evidence against the religious leaders who had sentenced Jesus to the cross as they respond with what could be described as a full confession. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 3, the betrayer of Jesus is testifying that Jesus is an innocent man. The chief witness against Jesus is recanting his testimony. He says, essentially, I lied. He's innocent. You know, later on, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, will question Jesus and then declare, I find no fault in this man. He has done nothing deserving of death. The wife of Pontius Pilate will say to her husband, leave this innocent man alone. The thief on the cross next to Jesus will say to the other thief on the other side of Jesus, we deserve to die for our crimes but this man has done nothing wrong. When Jesus dies on the cross and he gives up the ghost, the Roman centurion that is there at the foot of the cross declares, truly, this man was the Son of God. Those are some pretty powerful testimonies from quite a collection of witnesses. I mean, all of those people played a role in his crucifixion. And they all agree that Jesus is innocent. Jesus was perfect. He was a perfect man. He was without sin. That's what makes him the perfect sacrifice for our sins and for us. Consider the testimony to the innocence and perfection of Jesus in contrast to the religious leaders who are filled with corruption and immorality. 
Now, look at the response of the religious leaders to Judas's confession. Judas says, I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. And the religious leaders said, what is that to us? You see to it. That's your problem. These are some really compassionate shepherds, aren't they? They don't care about Judas. They don't care about anyone except themselves. They don't care that Judas is suffering under the weight of his sin. They don't care that he is burdened with remorse. They don't care that Judas is recanting his testimony against Jesus. They don't, they don't care. They just want him dead. Look at verse 5, what Judas does now. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed. And he went and he hanged himself. Judas takes the bag of money, the 30 pieces of silver, and he throws it into the temple. Now, if you're taking notes, the word translated threw down, it means to throw down in anger. So he doesn't do like, you know, a gentle underhanded toss like he's playing cornhole or something like that. He takes this bag and he flings it. And it says he flings it, he throws it in anger into the temple. And the word for temple there, if you're taking notes, the word for temple refers to the building. Right? If you can picture the temple in your mind, there's the, the big courtyard, the courts of the temple, and in the middle is the building where it was, you know, the holy place and the holy of holies. Judas, please understand what's happening here. Judas doesn't fling it down on the ground right there in the temple courts. What Judas does is he takes the bag of money and he goes over to the building and he goes to the door of the building and he throws it into the building, into the holy place. And maybe he throws it so hard it hits the curtain in the back of the building that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. But he just flings this thing in there and he leaves and he walks out. Now, why does Judas do that? Because only the priest can enter the building. Only the priest can go in the temple building. The priest refused to take the money back and give Judas some relief from his regret. And so Judas, in anger, throws the money down into the temple building where only the priest can go. So the priests have to deal with it now. And then he left. And he went out and he hanged himself. He committed suicide. He committed suicide because of the overwhelming guilt of his sin. And he could not get any relief from the regret and from his remorse. And so he hangs himself. Listen, only Jesus can lift the guilt of sin. Only Jesus can. No one else can do that. And hanging himself did not relieve the guilt for Judas. It did not remove his misery. The remorse Judas was suffering when he hanged himself, he is still suffering to this day. Except now it's far more severe. Listen, death relieves nothing for the unbeliever. Death relieves nothing for the unbeliever. It does not relieve sin. It does not relieve regret or shame or pain. For the unbeliever, death makes it all permanent. 
and far more severe. Because now that unbeliever is thrust into eternity where they are separated from God for all eternity and they're cast into hell where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth, Jesus said. So they they don't escape the pain through death. So verse 5 says that Judas hanged himself. And if you're a note taker, Acts chapter 1, verse 18 says, Judas fell headlong and his body burst open and his guts gushed out. And so this appears to be a contradiction in the Bible. But it's not. The Bible is God's word, and it contains no contradictions. The Bible is what we call infallible, meaning that it is without error, it's without mistakes, it's without contradiction. So then how do we reconcile these two passages? Did Judas hang himself or did he fall head first and his body burst open? Well, one possibility is when Judas hung himself that the branch broke or the rope broke and he fell to the ground and burst open. So, so both happen, both are true. Another possibility that I think is more likely is related to a practice that they had in Jerusalem at that time. During that time, if a dead body was found in the city of Jerusalem during one of the feasts, one of the celebrations, this is during Passover. If a dead body was found in the city of Jerusalem during the Passover, it would make the city ceremonially unclean. So what they would do is if they came upon a dead body that doesn't belong to anybody you know, nobody's claiming the body. They found a dead body in the city. They would very quickly take the corpse to the southern end of the city and throw the corpse over the wall of the city into the valley of Hinnom to keep the city from becoming unclean. So if Judas hanged himself somewhere in the city of Jerusalem, his corpse would defile the city, so they would take his corpse and cast it over the wall into the valley of Hinnom. And that's when he fell headlong and his body burst open and his guts gushed out. And that to me seems like the likely explanation and how you reconcile these two. He hanged himself in the city, but then they cast his corpse over the wall into the valley of Hinnom. That is the lowest point in the city of Jerusalem. It sits at the lowest elevation for the city of Jerusalem. That's the valley of Hinnom where they would have cast his body, right where the Hinnom Valley and the Kidron Valley meet and intersects each other. And now watch what happens here in verse 6. But the chief priest took the silver pieces. Remember, he threw it into the temple building. They're the only ones who can go in there. So now they've got these 30 pieces of silver. They took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. Now, wait a minute. These same religious leaders took money out of the treasury to bribe Judas to betray Jesus so they could kill Jesus. And now 
that he returns the money to them, they say, well, it's not lawful for us to put it into the temple treasury because it's the price of blood. Suddenly, they're concerned about doing what's lawful and ethical while they're trying to kill the Son of God. This is what you call straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. Now, please note that these religious leaders say it's not lawful to put the money in the temple treasury because it's the price of blood. It's blood money. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Do you know what blood money is? Blood money is money paid to get someone else killed. By their own admission, the chief priests acknowledge that it's blood money, that they paid Judas blood money to kill Jesus. This is incredible. I mean, it's like we've got it on tape, them confessing that they conspired to murder Jesus Christ, and they paid money to have him betrayed. And these are the leaders of the nation. The leaders of the nation paying to have someone murdered, and they used money out of the temple treasury to pay for his murder. That would be money that people gave as an act of worship. Talk about misusing funds. This is scandalous. So now we have the testimony of Judas that Jesus is innocent and the testimony of the Sanhedrin that they used temple money to pay for the murder of Jesus Christ. So they decide, verse 7, they consult it together and they bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. So the Sanhedrin, they consulted together to decide what do we do with this blood money? And they decided to buy the potter's field. A potter's field was a field where a potter would collect clay to make their pottery. And so a potter's field was typically, you know, scraped down to the bedrock. You really can't farm that land because there's no more earth on top of the bedrock. And they are going to buy this potter's field and they're going to use that field as a as a cemetery to bury strangers that are, you know, are unclaimed kind of thing. And and Acts chapter one, it tells us this field they buy is the field where they toss Judas's body over the wall. So they buy that field where his body was cast over the wall. Acts chapter one also indicates that the field was put in Judas's name. So the religious leaders, apparently, they worked out a deal where all the paperwork is in the name of Judas Iscariot so that no one would connect it back to them. Can you imagine leaders being so corrupt to try to conspire to murder people and cover their tracks like that? And the field was known. Look at verse 8. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood 
to this day. The field was known by people as the field of blood. It was common knowledge among the people that the religious leaders purchased this field with blood money they used to murder Jesus Christ. Everybody knew this. It was common knowledge among the people. And then verse 9 says, Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Now, Matthew here, he mentions Jeremiah, and then he quotes from Zechariah. And sometimes, again, people will point at this and say, look, there's a mistake in the Bible. Jeremiah didn't say that. That's a quote from Zechariah. This is not a mistake. This is intentional. This is something that they would do in Jewish writings. Both Jeremiah and Zechariah have prophecies about the field of blood. And so Matthew, as a Jew, he's pointing us to both. He's telling us there's a prophecy in Jeremiah about this field, and there's this prophecy in Zechariah about the price of the field being 30 pieces of silver. The prophecy in Jeremiah is found in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 31. So Matthew is telling us, look in both places. Look in Jeremiah for a prophecy about this same field, and look in Zechariah. And he quotes the passage from Zechariah, so we'll look at the one in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 31, it says, And they have built the high places of Tophet, where Tophet means place of fire, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn the sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. At that place in the valley of Hinnom, where the Kidron Valley and the Hinnom Valley come together at Topheth. In the days of Jeremiah, they would sacrifice their babies there to Molech. It's an act of worship. That's what he's referring to here. When he says to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, they set up a high place, a place of worship, and they called it Topheth, a place of fire in the valley of Hinnom, and they would burn their sons and their daughters in the fire. They would sacrifice their infant children to the god Molech because they thought that would bring prosperity to them. He says, which I did not command, nor did it come into my mind. God says, it never even entered my mind that you might begin to sacrifice your children. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be called Tophet or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they will bury in Topheth until there is no room. The corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Here God is saying, because you are sacrificing your children down in the Hinnom Valley at Tophet, because you're sacrificing your children and causing them to pass through the fire, I'm going to bring judgment upon your nation, and there are going to be so many corpses that you are going to run out of room to bury them. Do you see that at the end of verse 32? For they will bury in Topheth until there's no room. There's no more room to bury people. The corpses will just be left out 
on the field where the birds of the air will come and feed on them. There'll be no more joy or mirth in the city of Jerusalem, no more bridegrooms and brides. No one will be getting married. The whole city is going to be left desolate. And Matthew is indicating to us, really, that this has a double fulfillment. Jeremiah is talking about the Babylonians. The Babylonian army is going to invade and destroy Jerusalem and destroy Judah. That's the first fulfillment of it. But the later fulfillment is going to come when the Romans come in and destroy Jerusalem in 70 A.D. And the Romans will kill over a million Jews in the land of Israel in their invasion of the land of Israel. And so that's what he's referring to in Jeremiah, this valley. It's going to become a place of God's judgment when the Romans come in and destroy the city of Jerusalem. Now, turn back to Matthew chapter 27. And there's a bit of poetic justice in this story. Remember how Paul Harvey used to have the rest of the story? Well, this is the rest of the story. So Annas, remember I said Annas was, you know, the one, the power above the temple and the priesthood. Well, the priesthood, as we've seen, the priesthood was very corrupt and very wicked and didn't care about the people they were supposed to be serving. In fact, there's writings in the Jewish writings in the Talmud that talk about the brutality of the priests. And there's even some sentences in the Talmud that say things like, woe is me because of the fists of the high priests and the fists of the priests because they're just brutalizing the people. And the people didn't like the priests because the priests were so clearly corrupt and taking from people. Remember, Jesus talked about that. You, you steal widows' houses, right? So when Annas dies, guess where they bury him? field of blood. Annas is buried in this huge, ornate tomb in the field of blood in the Valley of Hinnom. And today, his tomb is used as a stable for livestock. And it's filled with manure. And no one visits his tomb. You can't even find it on a map. And he's buried at the lowest point in Jerusalem. And you know who's buried near the highest point in Jerusalem? Jesus. No one goes to the tomb of Annas. Most people don't even know where it is. Only the locals know where it is. Hundreds of thousands of people visit the tomb of Jesus every year. And he was only in that tomb for three days. Jesus has the last word in all of this. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you have the last word in all things. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and that you offered yourself as a sacrifice for our sins. We thank you that you can remove our sin and that you can remove the weight of shame and guilt and regret and remorse. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that a broken and contrite heart you will never turn away. We thank you that your burden is light and your yoke is easy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.